your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to another day of Corona Talk PM. <laughs> uh, another two cases today in Lacrosse County. I talked to my mom today on the way in, and I guess I didn't vet this. I, I could. It will take one second to Google this, but I, I can't text and talk or Google and talk. Kind of like driving and talking and driving. I can't. I can't. Clearly, I can't talk and talk at the same time sometimes. But she said, "Out of Gaming County has two cases at this point," which I was like, "What? Two cases? We're up to twelve. You know, two days ago we had five. Now we had. Yesterday we got five more, and today we get two more, and we got our first two cases of community spread yesterday. So. Um, at some point, I, I'm sure this will all, you know, it, it, it's going to get a little bit old. It's already old, right? Like it's it's just kind of, we're, we're running around in circles talking about this, but it's also like, what are we doing? Like, how, how, how is this going to, how are we going to keep doing this? We're supposed to be staying home, you know, no social contact, stuff like that. I drive by Menards, drive by Walmart, see friends on social media saying the same thing. Menard's lot's like full. There's like 400 cars, my friend said. He's being a little sarcastic. He's like, there's like 400 people at Menard's. He was going to go there. Hopefully, he wanted to get some seeds. He wanted to get some cherry tomatoes going uh, because we're all going to have to feed ourselves. The apocalypse comes on. And, you know, By the end of summer, hopefully, we all have enough crops to feed ourselves through winter because the, all the foods, all the food and all the stores will be gone, right? I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. But he, he did. He wanted to get some cherry tomato seeds, and he saw... 400 cars in the Menards parking lot, sarcastically, but I'm sure there was a lot of cars there. And he decided not to go. He's like, I'm not going to go in there. There's too many cars. Uh, drove by Walmart just a little while ago, too. Same deal. All kinds of cars at Walmart. And I understand that maybe the lot, was, the lot wasn't full, full, but there was all kinds of cars there. So it, it's a little bit like, uh, well, we're not there yet, right? We only have 12 cases. I, I talked to a friend in New York City uh, who I graduated with in high school, and I just I was curious and a a little selfish because I'm like, how is life in New York City? Also, do you want to come on and just tell us how life is like in New York City? And she said, "Uh, live radio, I would probably start crying if I had to start telling you how life is like in New York City." So that that's where New York, uh, my friend in New York City's at, and. She was appreciative of that. I asked her, but I totally was being selfish. I'm like, I'm going to get you on the show so that we can, you know, kind of get a, a bearing on where, uh, you know, somebody in that situation is. I also have another friend in Los Angeles who will come on as soon as he texts me his number because he, uh, I don't have his, his his exact phone number. So, uh, little message out there, Sean. You got my number. He hasn't checked my Facebook message to him back yet because he says Facebook sucks. <laughs> Um, but eventually I, I do have a couple of friends out in LA, so it'll be nice to get that perspective. Like what is life like in Los Angeles? Also in talking about the coronavirus day in and day out, I know it gets, it gets pretty awful, but also other people are experiencing this in different ways. So that's part of my perspective. Another part of this perspective is, you know, how are people dealing with it here? Different people, right? So Christina Knudsen is going to come on. She's the development director at Salvation Army. I'm going to bring her on in about five minutes. And, and talk about, hey, the people that, you know, are having trouble feeding themselves, feeding their families, haven't a place to live. When I drive by the warming center uh, once in a while, you know, after the show, 
I, I don't know what time the warning, warming center opens. Probably like 7 or 7.30, somewhere around there. Catholic Charities on the on, on 3rd Street. When I'm heading over the bridge, uh, there's always like 20, 30 people just congregating out there. Well, that that can't. That can't work, right? As this goes on, we can't have people just... And then what happens? They they go into that building, right? And then they're inside. So I, I believe that has all changed. And I'll ask Christina a little bit more directly, uh, get the details on how that's changed. I know they changed their hours. I know they're collaborating with Catholic Charities and Salvation Army and some other entities. So that's one person I'm bringing on about five minutes. Um, and then also another perspective, uh, male health clinic, male health system in La Crosse. Uh, Karen Hall is going to come on. She's in behavioral health and she specializes on kids. And we could talk about how this virus is affecting kids, maybe mentally, maybe physically. I'm, we'll see where Karen wants to go with that. Um, but she's also, you know, going to try to give us some tips to help with these situations in, in dealing with your kids. Um, so I think that'll help. Uh, I don't have any kids, but I am kind of a kid. So maybe, you know, she can figure out how to put up with me a little bit. Um, so th- those are the two people I'm going to bring on. Salvation Army, male health, male, male health system uh, w- when it comes to kids. Salvation Army when it comes to the needy. So uh, a little bit of different perspectives than most of us are going through. But I think it's uh, interesting to, you know, kind of okay, let's put ourselves in some other people's shoes and see what they're going through as all this stuff happens. You know, at least a lot of us, and I think a lot of us are fortunate enough to, I'm fortunate enough to have a job, even though I have to come to work. All you guys out there get to stay home, whatever. Uh, but uh, I actually kind of like it because it's, there's nobody here either. So there's like four of us running this show right now. Not literally the show, but this, this, this building. Uh, it's kind of cool. And, uh, uh, there's other people running the show behind the scenes, but there's only four of us in here. And um, and beyond that, so it, it helps me get out of the house and get to talk to you guys. So that's what we'll do. We're going to hit Drew with news here in a minute. I think it's Drew. We'll see. Everything's kind of up in the air. We'll see. Maybe Drew is doing the news. We'll see how he sounds. Uh, I think he's going to do the news remotely, so hopefully that goes over well. And then we'll come back and talk with uh, Salvation Army after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone now, Christina Knutson on the Sugarloaf Foreign Talk and Text Line. She's the development director at the Salvation Army. Christina, how's it going over there? Hey, it is going good. In the midst of everything, we are doing good. And I think community, we're, we're pulling together. We're doing good. Okay, uh, you, talking earlier, you said that, you know, you're you're pretty amazed by the outpouring that you're getting uh, from everybody, you know, as, as we're all you know, out of work maybe or losing our jobs or having to go home and work and maybe getting shortened hours. We're all kind of hard up, but you're still seeing a lot of, of a lot of generosity at the Salvation Army? We are. It is. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, we hear stories. We are family members. It's hitting our households, um, neighbors. Everyone is, you know, hurting at this point. And just the generosity of the community. I mean, we have such a generous community. The the outpouring of what can we do to help? Can we, you know, if it's food, if it's monetary donations, if it's making masks, if it's, you know, getting their kids involved since everyone's home, can we cut masks together and make them for you? What do you need? Do you need laundry detergent? We can drop that off for you. We can get an extra one when we're at the store. So, yeah, it's 
it's been amazing just to watch in our, you know, time of fear how much people are really coming together and just just the support that we are getting is just amazing. Now, with that, what does the Salvation Army maybe need most? You got like a top five or top three? We do. <clears throat> we do. So we made some changes and um, had some adjustments on where things are, some partnerships that we're working with. The things we, again, the outpouring has been tremendous. Um, items that we really need right now, I would say top five. One would be blankets. That is one thing. Um, the next one would be hygiene products. So shampoo, conditioner, um, soap, body wash, things like that. There are, of course, places that are laundry or um, showering facilities. So, again, things like that, small items are so helpful for each person to have, and we make sure everybody has their own, of course. Um, and then masks. We've had some calls for people at home that said, I, I can sew, I can make masks. So things like that. Um, so I would say, the um, again, the blankets, hygiene products, masks. And then another top one, I talked to our kitchen staff today. Um, we do, at the Salvation Army, are running our meal program for those folks that are in our building. And in the building, the kitchen, again, is getting an outpouring of, you know, different businesses donating, but, um, like, things like coffee and sliced bread. So those small type things are things that um, food-wise we're also looking for. Will you take bread that's not sliced and then manually slice it? <laughs> you can do that too. <laughs> you can bake bread and then we will slice it. But as long as we get the bread, we will take it. Get some bread. All right. That's a top four. Do you have a fifth? No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the fifth one would be money, right? Just straight up, you know, can they donate, like go to the Salvation Army page and because, you know, like, hey, we don't need you to drop off money. We could we could just do this online. But I, I would say a bag of money at the door would work too as well. That would work, too. Yes, but you can. I mean, there's so many sources. If you go to our website, you can donate on there. I mean, there, you know, put the tagline uh, COVID-19. So there's all different things that, different ways that you can, you can call anything like that to get monetary donations. One thing that we are reaching to the community to just, we really want people to be advocates um, for us as well as our community. If there's someone in need that you know of, if it's a neighbor, if it's, again, a family member, someone who's struggling with getting food, getting housing in this time of need, to call us. Call the Salvation Army. Um, we have someone answering our phones. We've got all of our case managers that are there as referral items, and we want to make sure that people know that there is help. If you are worried that you're going to get evicted, if something came up with your job, call the Salvation Army. We are here to help you find resources right now. Many of us are, as you mentioned, we are worried. How are we going to make it? We're going to be, we may not be able to make our rent. Call us. We can at least be that point of contact for you to be able to help you, to give you more information, to help you so you know you just have an answer or at least someone that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of. I have a feeling that you do you struggle with this all the time. Even okay, amid a pandemic worldwide, this probably happens, but somebody starts to struggle and they have too much pride to ask for help. So it's maybe pretty important for a neighbor or somebody I don't know if they want to call the Salvation Army and say, "Hey, my neighbor, you kind of like tattling on your neighbor, but is there a way do you have any tips on um, you know, hey, my neighbor is is struggling. What what can I do? Because I know that they they lost their job or or they're you know they're having trouble feeding their family. Is there is there a way to 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 ease that? Yes. Again, I know it is. It's hard to be able to you know. But we're all worried. We need to worry about each other. And if that's that point where you're like, I'm just have concern for my neighbor. I mean, there are you know we can get some information out to them or even do that simple phone call. Of, are you okay? 
Is there anything we can help with? Know that we're here. We want to make sure people just get that information out that we are a collaborative effort. I should also share it is not just us. I mean, we are the Salvation Army. We are here. We are the point of contact. But we are backed by a huge support team behind us, a lot of different organizations, um, businesses here in town. We've got a collaborative that is all working on this together. So we want to get help to whoever, whatever individual it is, family, whatever they need, we have got that support system behind us, and that's what it's there for. So it is, it's hard sometimes to say, hey, I think I need help, but you know what? That's what we're here for, even just to have that starting discussion, and if it's a neighbor or someone you're concerned about, make that phone call. We can always check in. We have ways to do that. We have case managers that can make that initial point of call, and usually it's just like, hey, if you need us, we're here. If you're okay, we're here for you anyway. Yeah, you guys, you, you guys can do that. I don't know if discreetly is the right word, but sensitively, or because because I, I know a lot of people out there have a lot of pride, and I can I can handle this. I'll bear through it, but but you know they don't have to do that if they, if they can't too. Right, and and again, we all again we are at that point where if it you know if it's something that someone's worried about, and sometimes you know it is okay to say I need help, and sometimes it's not comfortable to say. But if we can just even say, hey, we're here if you need us. Mm-hmm. Hey, if something comes up in the future, we're here. Or if you know of someone who's in need, we're here to help. So, yeah, getting that word out, and yeah, it is. That's that hard part. But I think in due time, as we go through this together, we're all going to feel, you know, some hardships, and we're all going to come down to that part. And that's the part of caring and concern and, again, being there for each other, knowing that we're in the same boat. It is going to get tough, yeah. and that's where we got to work together talking with Christina Knutson, Development Director at the Salvation Army. Christina, I drive by the Warming Center, Catholic Charities Warming Center on 3rd Street a couple times. Um, Well, every day I drive by there, but you know, if it's the right time, I'll see about 20 people outside waiting to get in for the night. And I know the weather's changing and maybe their habits are changing, but that's not great. Like we can't have people congregating outside anymore. And then they're all going into a building and congregating in there. I know that's changed. Can you explain to me what happens uh, the, to do the people that are homeless at night that, that need uh, shelter, and, and where, where are they going now? Right, good question. So that's what is happening is there is a change, and we want people to start recognizing the change and seeing something different. So there, like I mentioned, it is not just us. It's a collaborative effort of all of our partners, the Collaborative to End Homelessness and Catholic Charities and a lot of other city and the county. We actually have been working hard, as we all have prior to this, trying to figure out a solution of how can we keep our community safe and how can we keep all of our residents and our homeless individuals safe? What are we going to do? So there's a planning team that's been working really quickly. Um, and again, generosity in the community. Um, the Cathedral School is a site. So instead of going to the warming center, some individuals who might have been, as you said, outside the door, are now safe in another location with staff. Um, meals are there. Showers are there. So they are safe in to keep the community safe and to keep them safe. Our main concern is we want to keep everyone, again, healthy, safe, keep this virus down as much as we can. So we are also working, again, like we said, with county health. So we're following CDC regulations. So cots, beds, um, social distancing, the cots and the beds are all um, so many feet apart. Um, same thing when we eat. We rotate through meals to make sure that there is that social distancing and there are rooms. So I know Salvation Army, we actually have um, some rooms. We also have bunks, so we have some blankets that also separate our bunks. So we've taken extreme measures to make sure that 
our um, population as well as our residents, they're all completely safe, just like we are at home. You know, we want to make sure at home we're social distancing and we're working with our folks, too, because we want them to stay healthy, too, which in turn makes our community healthy because we're all together. Yeah, I don't think a whole, maybe maybe something a lot of people don't even think of is uh, the homeless. And when there's a stay at home order, don't have a home to stay at. So uh, they have to go somewhere. And then do they stay there all day? Are they pretty much there or can they come and go? Or how does that work? Because I, f- I feel like if you're stay at home order, you got to stay at home. Right. So good question. So, again, we are we made sure that our um, residents, they're all safe. And so we are practicing staying at home. So it is a 24-hour facility. So the warming center used to do different hours. Salvation Army, we are a 24-hour shelter. Um, But each location now, the Salvation Army and the Cathedral School, where they are at now from the warming center, we are all 24 hours. So everybody is in there. We are asking our um, residents to also follow what we all are. When we're home, we're home because this is their home. This is not, you know, just a building. This is where everybody knows each other. We all eat meals together. I mean, we've all pretty much been together. So it's a family. And so that's what we're doing. We're all hanging out with a family. We're hanging out in our locations. We're doing the same thing everybody else is. We're playing games. We're, you know, doing different activities. We're staying home. So everybody's kind of following the same thing. We want to keep our community safe. All right. And then real quick, because I got a break for news, Christina, uh, Christina Knudsen from Salvation Army. Um, people, if people need meals, they can come to you too as well. Is it is it is it as simple as like going there and 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 picking it up at the door like we would any restaurant, or do you drop it off, or how does that work? So our meal program has what has happened is our meal program at the Salvation Army was community wide, so anyone was always welcomed. What we have done now again to practice for um, our social distancing is our community meals are just at each location. At our location, it's just our residents. At Cathedral, um, at the school, it's also just the residents that are there. If someone is like, I, we did work with the community that was coming in for our meals, made sure they chose the location so they could be fed. But anybody who may say, I maybe it was something happened and they don't have a place to go, contact us. We are not open for meals for anyone to walk in, but if someone were to contact us or come and need food, know that they can call us. Um, also, wafers, the food pantry that I know everyone has been using, so that's also available. So, again, the easiest thing to remember is just call Salvation Army, um, give us a heads up, and then we'll make sure that we get you the information you need or get you where you need to go. Okay. All right, Christina, I'm out of time. Thank you so much for, for enlightening us on, on what you guys are doing over there. You are welcome. Thank you very much for asking. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Christina Knudsen, Salvation Army's Development Director. Uh, We'll be back with, let's see, I'm going to get her name right. She's on hold. She's going to hear me. Karen Hall from Mayo Health Clinic. Uh, She's going to talk about how to deal with kids while we're going through a pandemic. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Karen Hall, Behavioral Health at Mayo Clinic, is going to come on with me right now, actually, as I'm unwinding my cord that got wrapped up into my roller on my chair, Karen. That was uh, exciting for me for a minute. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to hear you uh, as my cord had me, um, my head tucked into the uh, the board here. But all right, so you, you specialize with uh, behavioral health, with how to deal with our kids during a worldwide pandemic, huh? Yes, this is impacting everybody from the young children that we work with to teenagers to their parents and grandparents. 
This is exactly what you went to college for, right? You were ready. You're like, this is going to happen at some point. No, right? Has this hit you? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hit everyone, right? It's hit anyone in any field except for maybe just a very select few people. This is catching everyone by surprise. So you've had to probably think of creative ways, right, to uh, help families deal with their kids, for lack of a better phrase. Absolutely. We, you know, even just how we are doing therapy at Mayo Clinic now has changed, which has been an interesting roller coaster for for all of us. Um, and you're, are, are you saying you, you probably do a lot of uh, maybe teleconferencing or teletherapy? Is that what you're getting at? Yes. Right now we are uh, having sessions over the phone for most individuals. We're hoping to move into telemed soon. Okay. Um, all right. So when it comes to kids, so this, I was talking to my mom before, uh, a, this is all we are all, this is all anyone's always talking about when I'm, when I'm looking at news stories every once in a while, I'll see like, Oh, there, you know, something about the polymet mine in Minnesota. And I'm like, that's not coronavirus related. That's weird. Or, uh, you know, even news sites are doing, here's a good news story and it, it may even be related to coronavirus, but as, as adults, maybe we can handle that a little bit better, but our children, depending on how young and old they are, our, our children are also a experiencing us, you know, consumed by this, but they're also consumed by this. Is, is there a way to, do we have to be really careful there? Well, I think that's a good point that so much of what news sources are talking about now is COVID-19, which is important, but it's also important um, as we're talking with children using age appropriate language to talk with them about the seriousness of this, of this pandemic that we're also talking with them about other stories that are going on locally, uh, statewide, nationally, and even just checking in with our children to find out how their day went um, unrelated to the coronavirus. Um, How do, how do we, uh, do do we, do we think that kids are getting consuming this too much or maybe not enough? Do they, are they, are they abiding by the rules? Are we making them abide by the rules or how do we make them abide by the rules you know, I think it really depends on the age group. More and more in the last week, I've seen younger people taking this very seriously and understanding that even though they are disappointed that many of their social events um, activities have been canceled, that there is a, a you know there's just a very serious crisis in our in our in our world really, and that they're taking this much more seriously. It is difficult, just as it is for adults to stay in their homes and not be going out. But I do think it's really important that parents talk with their children potentially more than once about why we're doing this. Um, This won't last forever, but it's important that we do this correctly now um, for, you know, everyone else in our, in our city of La Crosse locally that is struggling right now. I've had, I, I queued up Disney Plus on on the TV, and I started watching a '90s cartoon that I used to watch as a kid. And you know, it cuts the commercial, but there's no commercial, so it cuts back. And I'm like, man, kids are really lucky nowadays. I had to watch commercials. And as as easy as it is to throw your children in front of the streaming service that never stops, and you know, kids can be consumed by that all day. And it, that's at least they're not consuming coronavirus news all all the time. Is there better ways to to uh, to get the kids interacting, and because they can't go interact with their friends, or they're not supposed to? But you know, what 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 other things can we do? I think it is important that 
parents be creative. You know, certainly, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we didn't have nearly the amount of technology that we do now. So I would even encourage parents to think about, okay, what types of activities were you interested in in that age? Is that something that you could share with your child now? As well as encouraging them to, you know, sort of have a nice balance between some screen time and then still getting outside, doing what is available to them, um, you know, obviously keeping the social distancing in mind. Um, also, most children will have schoolwork that they need to do that's online. That's also important to um, be getting finished. I think it's important, too, for families to use this time to reconnect with each other, maybe even reconnect over video chat with family members that we can't go visit right now. When uh, when you say, you know, there's think about things that you, you did, and I don't, I don't anticipate you're this old, but are you saying, like, go get some hula hoops and jacks? And uh, that that paddle with the rubber ball on a string, go, go get those for your kids. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, you know, you know, I I do think that um, you know it might be a one day activity to be showing some um, probably for kids. You know, these days almost historical artifacts from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it would be helpful to be you know bring introducing different activities that. Um, you know, maybe even your child has been interested in, but they've sort of fallen out of as they've gotten older, gotten more interested in screen time, social media. Do you think parents are learning more than they ever have, being that their kids are at home having to do schoolwork and parents are probably right there all the time having to help? I understand parents are helping their kids with homework at night, but now it's all day and they can just, you know, they probably have a lot more homework to do at home, obviously. Oh, for sure. And, and I know it is, stressful for a lot of the parents that I work with that they are now having to, you know, run the family home. Maybe they're working from home and now they're also somewhat of the school teacher and having to motivate their child to do their work online. Um, They're wearing a lot of different hats. That's why it's important that parents take care of themselves too during this time. If they um, need somebody to reach out to talk to, that they find their natural supports, family, friends, as well as seeking any professional supports if they feel that they need that. Are there any tricks to uh, trying to get relate to your kids that hey you you actually do have to stay home if you're if you're going to I don't even know where kids are going I guess they don't even, they don't have to go anywhere unless you're sending them to the store um, but you have to come back home you can't go over to your friend's house you can't you know go to your girlfriend's house is there is there a secret way to uh, you know get this information across to them without making them you know resent you and and do it out of you know just because you told them they can't. I think one of the most important things parents can do with so many different things is to model the behavior that they want their child to exhibit. So if a parent wants their child to stay home, not be going out with friends, then the parent needs to be modeling that same exact behavior. Yeah, the parents probably have to uh, to figure out how to, you know, maybe they need to get the hula hoop out too as well. And, and, and parents and children play with the hula hoop. Right. <laughs> how 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 lucky are we that like spring is here and at least we can do we can start to think about because we can go outside still so at least we could start to think about like activities out in the driveway or out in the yard. Yeah, absolutely. It's great that it's not the dead of winter and it's too cold to do anything outdoors even. All right. So is anything else that I just I haven't asked you that you know probably we need to bring up that when it when it comes to kids and and a, and a pandemic that swept the world that consumes every minute of every day for, for some people? 
I think the key points are parents making sure they're taking care of themselves and their children. Um, they need to make sure that they're doing mentally well, too, in order to best care for their children, and to also make sure that we're taking breaks from um, from social media and focus on the COVID-19 and finding some other joys and entertainment in our lives. Okay. All right, Karen, thanks a lot for uh, being on with me and, and you know, good luck with, with uh, having to deal with, uh, you know, ever, the, the, the ever-changing situation each day, I'm sure. Thank you. All right, that's Karen Hall, behavioral health uh, doctor at Mayo Health System in La Crosse. She came on, she was nice enough to come on and, and kind of update us on, on how to deal with children when it comes to the pandemic that, you know, like I said, consumes us every day. All right, we're going to really change it up because I see Eric from Sparta is calling in. So, uh, Eric from Sparta, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, do you have any concerns about COVID-19 personally yourself? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, one thing I'm kind of concerned about is that uh, why doesn't does the, uh, the health department say you got five cases of the class, ten cases now, they will not tell you where they are, so basically you can avoid them. Is there any reason they're doing that? Because they're trying to protect them, or they're just trying to protect their money they make off these things, off their business? Okay, well, I think we're, we're trying to avoid all places, Eric. Well, that's hence the stay well, no, at home. No, 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 but here's the deal. La Crosse County's got 10 cases now. 12. 12 cases. tomorrow. 12. But the, but the point is, where do these cases come from? They come from Woodman's, they come from Walmart, they come from uh, yeah, we, any place. I could avoid to go to, go to, or have to put a mask on and gloves on and all that stuff too. Okay, no, we're not going to have to do that. That's We're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, the cases that come into the county, you know, five yesterday, two today. So the, the investigation begins at that point, and they start to figure out where those people were. So... Two of those cases yesterday, community spread. So they don't even know where exactly it came from. That's that's the idea of community spread, and I, I can look it up again. There's, there's terminology with community spread. There's an exact definition to it. So it's a little bit a little bit confusing. But you know that's that's what happens after that. We start to we start to investigate where these people were. You know, I think uh, one of those people had uh, started feeling symptoms March 9th, and then he was tested Monday. So okay. We've had so far one day to figure out where that person has been for the last what you know two weeks. So that's that's what's happening. So they're they're not hiding this information. When they have knowledge of where these people have been, then we start to figure it out. And uh, the, but the idea here is everybody needs to stay at home. Essentially, if you need to go out, go get whatever it is. You got to go get groceries. You go get groceries. You come home. We're not going. We're not going anywhere. That that. <laughs> that's uh, you know with a hundred people we're trying to avoid everybody so you know you're only supposed to leave your home when absolutely need to leave your home uh trouble tom's calling in tom go ahead you're on the air i just wanted to say the reason they're having so much trouble getting this bill passed to rescue uh, the american economy and to solve some of our problems with this covid virus is because we have a bunch of <clears throat> very despicable politicians that are looting the treasury they're doing 
uh, something as evil as breaking out the front windows of these storefronts and stealing what they can from our grandchildren. They need to appropriate money to solve the problem and not try to piggyback a bunch of things that they need selfishly for their own district or their own people. It's just disgraceful that we need to wake up and speak up and stop this idiotic spending of money. We need to rescue America, not uh, the private interest of political people. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, Tom. Um, I get a couple of texts, libertarian guy and, and Nathan have texted in just on what Eric was saying about, uh, you know, where these people were or, or what, what, why aren't we releasing more information? Uh, libertarian guy says, Eric needs to be told that a person's health status, whether they have diabetes or COVID-19 is a pri- is private information. Medical information is private. Um, and Nathan says they won't allow the information out because it would be a HIPAA violation to the medical facility. Remember that privacy policy you receive. So um, there's a little bit of a privacy issue there, too. So, um, you know, we, we obviously we also don't have names of, of those people. So a, another, you know, situation where a, a privacy issue. I'll go back to the phones. Caller, who's this? Phil. Uh, Phil or Bill? Phil. Hey, Phil, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Triple Tom's got her 100. percent Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's funny that the, the, the negotiations when it comes to passing this are okay. We're gonna throw 50. Uh, you know, how, I, I don't have this, the nitty gritty of this, but we're gonna throw this and that and this and that and the other thing into one bill, and then we're gonna try to vote on it. Why can't we just vote on one thing at a time? Okay, we're going to do the $1,200 check to every American thing, right? Like, let's put that on the table. Who's who's for it? Who's against it? And then we'll start to figure out, you know, where, where everyone's interests lie, right? This is where our president needs a line item veto so he can make the stuff so we can save our people. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, line item veto. Um, yeah, we could do it that way or we could, you know, separate all the lines and we could vote on each quote-unquote line one at a time, right? Like, I think that's where we need to go. Like if, uh, you know, you, you read, you know, Republicans are trying to sneak this into the bill and Democrats are trying to sneak that into the bill. Well, how about we don't have one bill? How about we have well, however many bills we need? A hundred bills? I mean, they've been negotiating this thing all weekend, right? And it's Wednesday. So they begin negotiating for at least five days, maybe on this thing. And they, they haven't got a pass because they're never going to get a pass because there's, you know, f- 50 things on one side of the aisle that they want to sneak into the bill and 50 things on the other side of the aisle that they want to sneak into the bill. But if we just voted on these things one at a time starting last week, okay, we want to do this. Okay, who's for and who's against this? And then we can all we can all see where each person in our government is voting, right? Like we can, that's all going to be on the record. Oh, look, the, you know, Ron Kine doesn't want to vote for the uh, $1,200 one-time payment check to uh, every American citizen making under $120,000 a year. But, you know, these politicians do, these politicians don't, and that thing doesn't or does pass. It, it, and then we we move on to the next thing. Now we're, we're on the next item, uh, $500 billion, You know, it's, it's funny to just make that one line. $500 billion for a corporate bailout. I'm sure we could, we could segment that out into uh, 20 different things that everyone could vote on individually. And, and and sort that out a little bit better in that way. But all right, I'm going to take another quick break uh, before I come back. We'll we'll get to your calls, uh, Bob, in, in just a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Couple minutes left here. Started to get into something that 
I've been holding off on talking about because a it hasn't passed yet, and b it's just this is a lot of take, lot to take in with without you know like you can just dive into these details as as long as you want. But I'm gonna pawn all that work off on Keith Knutson tomorrow. So uh, he he's he just emailed me actually, and he said he's ready to talk about it. He he said uh, Keith Knutson's Viterbo political science professor. Um, and he comes on with me on, he's going to come on with me tomorrow, but he says the stimulus, the, the stimulus package has lots in it, even more than money. He said, so I don't know what he means by that, but, and I'm in, you know, in our never ending, uh, talk about the coronavirus and, and how we get updates. My phone is now telling me about updates. Uh, more than 400,000 people have now been tested for the coronavirus in the U S including nearly 75,000 since Tuesday. I talked with Mayo. Mayo's Jason Fratsky, I believe Monday, and he said three to four hundred, three to three hundred to three hundred fifty people were getting tested a day just at Mayo. So, which was kind of surprising in that we're only at twelve people in La Crosse County that have the virus now, up two from yesterday. Um, all right, so I think Bob is Bob is waiting. Is this Bob? Hey, Bob. Hey, hey, Rick. Yeah, um, that bill, that, the big bill that they're trying to um, pass, uh, would have been passed Saturday night. But then um, um, Nancy Pelosi decided to put uh, was it 12 to 15 new things into it that had nothing to do with the coronavirus. Um, you know, this isn't a time to play politics, but that's what the Democrats are doing. So that should have been passed Saturday night. I just want to bring that up. Thanks. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's going through Congress, uh, Democratic-led House of Representatives. So, you know, I mean, I, I think both sides are playing that. We can point the fingers at Nancy Pelosi. We can point the fingers at Mitch McConnell. We can, we can pretty sure that both parties are are throwing crap into this bill to either sabotage it right from passing, or to get sneak sneak stuff in that that maybe uh, doesn't need to be in there. Like I said, one at a time. Let's just do all this stuff. All right, Eric, you're back on. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I tell you this: two billion, two trillion dollars. And it's all, everybody sneaks all their stuff in, like you say. The point is, this is a deadly, deadly serious thing. Nancy Pelosi was put something in for a museum. for. Anyway, so I got a text from Northside Jim. Haven't listened to the show in a long time, but how lame? What do you got, 12 minutes for, lis- 12 minutes for listeners? Um, okay, thanks, Jim. Thanks for that. Very encouraging. Uh, Phil's got a whole bunch of texts that I presidential line of veto was passed in the 90s by congress supreme court ruled it unconstitutional governors have it and uh presidents do not and uh nate texted in when did republicans become socialists oh right giving money to the people it's terrible um all right we'll be back here tomorrow with keith knutson from viterbo we'll talk about this uh trillion dollar package